Welcome to this week's episode of the Size Up, and I'm, I'm actually not going to say what number I'm on. I don't know. I thought about that earlier today. I've been counting the numbers with you all, like if, like someone's really listening in order or something like that. It's like, oh, this is what number Pip is on this week. But I was like, I think I'm done. I don't think I'm going to care so much about what the number is. Not that I cared before, but I don't know, it's just more of my rantings. But you know, here at the Size Up, because what you do off the job matters is another great week and my guest actually is not really on the job which is kind of not interesting for me i've had some folks on before who have nothing to do with the emergency well he does have something to do with the emergency services i shouldn't say that just a different end of uh that service a little down the road uh you don't necessarily uh need him on an ambulance although he probably could do that i'm sure he's worked some sidelines some places but uh done that, done that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good friend of mine who i was very fortunate enough to you know it's just one paths cross in my life uh dr sean rocket what is happening today doc oh i'm just happy to be here excited to talk to him about helping helping some of the brothers out and sisters out there <laughs> I, I guess that's it too. And, and that's a big thing. So, so Doc Rocket uh, is an orthopedic surgeon in the uh, greater Boston area, I guess we can say, right? And orthopedics, yes. New England is your practice, right? Yes. Yeah. So, and you've always been New England, correct? Yeah. I, I grew up here. We have a lot of family here. Mom and dad were doctors here. We, we got strong roots in Boston. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how it is in the Northeast. Like, you, yeah, no, we don't leave. We don't leave. leave. You just stay and complain about it. <laughs> <laughs> At least in New Jersey, that's what we do. We stay, we complain about it, but we're never leaving. <laughs> we, so, we like to go someplace warm in the winter. <laughs> it, is true. it is true. You know, it's hysterical how it's just in Iceland and everyone in Iceland vacations either in Spain or Florida. And <laughs> oh, <I'm> like, that's <laughs> good. <laughs> It's like two opposite ends of the spectrum for right. a vacation. Where, where do we want to go? Spain or Florida? <laughs> Love it. So you snuck in there that that mom and dad were both both in medicine. But it, was yeah. that your path from day one? Were you going to medicine no matter what? Or you know, everybody always asks that. And you know, early on when I was little, you know, it was an easy thing. Oh, mom and dad are doctors. I'll be a doctor. But then, like you know, the reality you know sort of hit me and. Um, you know, like I, I was, I was, I guess I was kind of, you know, religious early on and as a teenager and thinking like, you know, how can I help do things and make this world a better place? And, you know, when, when it's all said and done, what's gonna, what am I going to leave? What's the mark, you know, like dead poet society kind of thing. Like, you know, yeah. that when I was like 15 or 16 and, you know, like what, what's going to happen? What? And so that was, so I thought like something big, but then it came to organic chemistry and I was like, <laughs> I don't know about this. I could do other things. I was going to say that whole, like, you know, mom and dad are doctors. So I'm going to be a doctor thing. It's just not that easy though. You just don't get right. that. It's, like, you yeah, know, it's, it's not like, like a, you know, it is an adolescent type of thing. And then, you know, then it hits you and then you, you, and I, you know, I've told people, you know, growing up in the eighties and, you know, thinking maybe surgery and then hearing about the AIDS epidemic and HIV. And I was like, and we didn't know, you know, like COVID, like we didn't know how people got it. And, yeah. was it, you know, was it airborne? Was it, you know, bloodborne? You know, and, and just, um, 
know, then I was like, well, maybe surgery is not a great answer. And maybe medicine's not a great answer if, you know, if I'm going to, it's going to affect my health. And anyway, so I just, you know, and then we realized HIV was, was, you know, dealable, treatable. And, um, and, you know, if you're careful in surgery and you get, you know, you gotta be careful and protect yourself. And just like anything, you occupationally you protect yourself, you know, you, there are hazards out there, but you, you know how to avoid hopefully getting into the hazards and, and, um, yeah, so then I started, I just started approaching it and getting further and further and saying, you know, it's manageable and it's doable and I can do it and I've seen them do it. And it just sort of, you know, hurdle after hurdle, I just kept going over one hurdle after the other and saying, you know, until, you know, sports medicine came along and I really love sports medicine and orthopedics and the anatomy of the body and the extremities and the arms and the hands and the muscles and all this stuff. And it really just, then it became like, it's sort of, you know, you said like, this is fun. Like this, I enjoy this. Like now I'm enjoying it. Like it wasn't a, definitely an evolution. It wasn't like, I'm going to be a orthopedic surgeon from age six. You know, it was, it was an evolution of a decision which became a, mat a mature decision. Yeah. I feel like too, you, you get to a point in your life where you have to say everything was that evolution. Right. Because as much as I knew I wanted to be a firefighter, because my dad yeah. was a firefighter and that's what right. I wanted to do. But that yeah. whole path to get me to being a firefighter, I learned so much along the way. And yeah. I'm still learning along the way with, with 20 years on the job, just like sure. I'm sure you are now, because of how many advances there there are in medicine. Yeah. Yeah. I know you're always always learning, always trying to get new information and and um but yeah, I, but I think the big picture was they, their inspiration, mom and dad's inspiration was just, you know, taking care of people. Like, like I'll get texts on weekends, like, Hey, you know, my son hurt themselves, you know, and mom and dad would literally have people over to the house. Like they would come over to the house when they were hurt or injured or, or needed help. And, and, you know, I saw that and, and, you know, God bless Rhonda, my wife, like she's like, she's like, well, is this becoming a clinic here? Are we, are we, are we, you know, seeing people on weekends here now or, you know, so it's just sort of like, you know, I, I just do it. It's just, it's, you know, I know that people are, when they're hurt, you know, they're, they're worried, they're nervous, they're, and I just put myself in their shoes. Like they want to see somebody and they, they're nervous and they can't wait and, I understand it. And, um, you know, as long as it's, you know, I'll be good. I'll, I'll put up boundaries, you know, like, <laughs> Oh, it's my daughter's birthday. Like I can't, you know, you can't, can't come to the right house. Now. We're having see a Monday morning or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's a whole new thing too, because, you know, you said like for mom and dad, people would be coming to the house, you know, they, they would bring whomever they would come to the house to see them now with social media and, and especially with your presence on Instagram and, and being involved yeah. in the CrossFit community, I can only imagine the messages you get about injuries and <laughs> there are a lot. Yeah, there are a lot. It's, um, it's, it's something that like, I didn't grow up, up with it. Right. Um, and I just sort of like, I was getting, you know, direct messaged on Instagram and Facebook, like, Hey, I'd love to come see you. And I'd be like, Oh, that's great. You know? And they're like, when can I see you? I was like, you know, like, like I'm like, I don't have my appointment book. And so literally <laughs> if, somebody reaches, if somebody reaches out to me, I have my secretary's email 
copied and I just cut, cut and paste and say, please email, you know, Tracy. And, and, you know, so that's, that's, it, it literally takes two clicks of a button and just to make a connection, but you know, it's, it's fine. That's, that's what we're, you know, that's, I'm, you know, I'm happy to do it. Happy to have people reach out and uh, say, I'd love to come see you in Boston sometime. It's pretty amazing just how small the world really can be, even though it's humongous, you know, now with the way that we can connect with each other and things. And I'm pretty sure yeah. my wife may have even reached out to you prior to her knee replacement yeah. surgery. Just because yeah. we know. Yeah. You. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, and that's the other thing too, in medicine, you know, you, you want to trust somebody, you want them, you know, a down to earth person who's not going to promote surgery. You know, there's certainly people out there like that. And some people, you know, because they're surgeons, they, they're going to operate on you no matter what you, no matter what your condition is. No matter what it is, we can do it. Right. So you got to be, you got to be careful, but uh, you know, you want to trust somebody and, you know, make sure you're doing the right thing. It's just amazing too, I feel like, and, and just going through everything with my wife and, and having her knee replaced and, and it was mm. no easy surgery and no easy recovery for sure. And it wasn't knee, me that was doing it. New, new, what'd you say? You said what? I said, it wasn't me that was doing it. I was, yeah, 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 I was yeah. the caregiver, you know, I was watching her go through it. Um, it's nothing to joke about. It's, uh, it's pretty significant recovery. Yeah. But even with the significant recovery, it still mm -hmm. amazed me at how far the surgery must has must have come along since she oh, had yeah. her knee surgeries. Oh yeah. No, we used to like the incisions used to be, you know, like yeah. you know, big and now we're getting them, you know, smaller and smaller and less muscle and and minimally invasive. And yeah, it's um and, and I used to joke in residency, I used to joke about sending people home the same day. Like <laughs> You know, 30 years ago, what, 1999 was residency. So, you know, 25 years ago was, you know, I was like, oh, someday, you know, we're going to be sending people home after knee replacements. And, and people would go, oh, you're crazy. Like, it's, <laughs> and so, but we're doing it. Yeah, we're sending people home. They're getting these nerve blocks that keep them comfortable. And, you know, we found that, like, when we admitted people to the hospital, we're really not doing much for them in the hospital. You know, that it's all about just, the weeks that follow the the rehab and the PT that follows, like when they're in the hospital, it's they're just getting pain medicines and and that's it. So we found that we actually can get people home safely without having to come to the hospital. Yeah, it was definitely an experience. I can tell you that much. And even when we knew what was going to happen, that she was going to come home, and they're telling us, "Oh, and it'll be like this, and it'll be like that." Yeah. And, you know, yeah. PA, me being a medic, we okay, we have these ideas, but yeah. like, man, we're really going to bring you home today. And we did. How was it? How was her pain? Is it all right? Oh, it was a hundred percent fine until the nerve block wore off. Just like they say, you know, it's, uh, what was it? 20, I don't know, probably like, hours, yeah. maybe a little more 28, 32 hours later. And then it wore off. Was it controllable? Was it like what knuckle, white knuckle sweaty? Or was it like four out of 10 and five out of 10 or uh, I'd, I'd go more with like a seven or eight out of seven 10. or eight out of 10. Yeah. She was having some pain, but again, she was able to work through it, you know, and, yeah. and we knew yeah. it was going to happen. And then yeah. each day got better. And then each week got better. Yeah. And you also have to think of the ladder and something like this that I don't think a lot of people think of. Like, do you want to be in the hospital? You know, like, would you, like, she didn't want to be there. She wanted to be home on her couch watching Game of Thrones all day. Yeah. No, you get your you get your own food, which may or may not, depending on the hospital food, which whichever one's better. 
but yeah, no, they've shown they've they've shown that you know it's uh, there's definitely a higher infection rate when you go into a hospital yeah. or to a rehab. A lot of people will say like, oh, I got to go to a rehab, like, and they don't. They're young and they're healthy, and I'm like, no, you don't want to go to a rehab. Like, it's not. You know, we we built our surgery. We have a surgery center now, so that's one one big thing. But uh, we've you know I've done in the past two years 300 joints, and they've all gone home the same day, and no one's bounced back, and it's been good, it's been good. Yeah, I mean, she was moving. You know, she was up and moving, and you know, she didn't yeah. go up the stairs for a few days. But two, again, two, two or three days of you know, two or three days of significant stuff. But then you know the one week into it, two weeks into it, you know, she's getting mobile. She's moving. Yeah. It's really, again, too, the just advances in medicine, like how you had even mentioned, you know, the, the HIV epidemic in the eighties going into the nineties. I can remember, I don't know, just in the sixth grade and it's yeah. like Dick Johnson had this whole big press conference about, about having yeah. HIV and everything. Yeah. And now not that we don't hear about it, right. but right. it is nowhere near. No. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, that was the unknown. We didn't know. We didn't know which where, where this was going, like where it was. And that was in my sort of formative years of trying to figure out if I wanted to go into medicine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can remember thinking like, do I want to go be a firefighter or an EMT even because of the same type of fears that you had then, you know, just like mm -hmm. I could imagine a younger person, you know, in, in 2020 probably did not want to go to, into EMS that year. Right. Right. Yeah, we didn't know. I mean, we, you know, who knows? We didn't know. We didn't know what, how severe it was, how bad it was. You know, washing groceries, you know, like, <laughs> like we just didn't. Know. It's hard to remember all the stuff we didn't right? know remember and that? what we did to combat that until yeah. you bring it kind of back up again, and it's like, yeah. man, but we still come so far. And I think that's the cool part, at least for me, with medicine is just being able to understand things and then learn new things about the body and, and the potential for what it can do. Yeah, no, it's huge, huge healing potential. Most, most of which doesn't need surgery. You know, when you have an injury, you know, most of the time it's rare and not rare, but you know, people say, Oh, you must operate on everybody. Like if I have a hundred people, 90% of them are not, not, operative they're non-operative so it's only a small percentage of people that that actually need surgery um so it's you know it's a it's mostly conservative care and surgery we treat people conservatively a lot of time time and rest and modification and light duty and things like that like that, that heals a lot i mean there's a ton of people a ton of workers comp injuries that i see and People are like, oh, let's just fix it. I'm like, well, let's just wait. <laughs> and uh, and you know, so it 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 definitely my perspective, you know, somebody comes in, they're hurt, they want to get back to work and they want to get go, you know, get going, get going, get going. But sometimes you need a surgeon's perspective where you know you know when not to operate. You gotta know not to pull the trigger because this is most likely gonna get better on its own. Um, so sometimes I'm arguing with patients like. No, you don't need surgery. It'll, it'll get better. I always found that amazing when people are like, yeah, my, my shoulder's really been giving me trouble. I think I'm going to go get it operated on. And I'm like, why do you want to go get it operated on? It's like the last thing I could think of wanting right. to do. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I like, I will literally, I'll have a, a sheet of commonly asked questions and, and I'll go through like somebody wants surgery or is pushing for surgery. I'll say, okay, let's go to this sheet. Like, 
When can you drive after shoulder surgery? When can you, you know, how are you gonna sleep? When can you go back to lifting a coffee cup or a dinner plate? When are you gonna be able to lift up a gallon of water? Like, and they're like, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, like, maybe I'll, maybe I'll hold off on that. <laughs> So, that, that oh wow moment of this really isn't going to be good. And right, I'll, I'll say like, it might take two months to get better. Like if you rest and like let this heal, that's two months of rehab. That's not bad. Like compared to five or six months of rehab, that's different. Like from surgery, that's a lot different. And, and weighing the risk factors of surgery, because obviously there's a multitude of risks, even as surgery's gotten better and nerve blocks yeah, and sure. no anesthesia, but you're still in a risk for infection. You're in a risk for complications. Stiffness, loss of motion. That the, and the repair, like people think like we put the tissue back together and they think it's automatic, 100% heal. It's like, we're just putting it next to each other. Like it still has to grow together. Like we're just putting it there next to each other. Like it's not in any way healed or ready to do stuff, you know? So that's the, you know, eight weeks to 10 weeks before you're like healed 80%. So it's, it's pretty significant. Yeah. And there's pain involved in the healing process of that tissue joining back together as well. And yeah. And that's the balance of therapy where, you know, like I could leave somebody in a sling for three months and, their arm will definitely be healed, but they'll never move it quite the same. So that's where physical therapy comes in to help, you know, help people move passively and let tissues heal. And yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. And, you know, the surgery is the easy part. It's, you know, the rehab, the mental restraint to hold yourself back mentally from, you know, going whatever, surfing, skateboarding, bike riding, you know, motor, motorcycle riding, anything. Like you have to put your life on hold sometimes after surgery. You know, if you're, if you're trying, if you put something together to try to get it to heal, like a, like an ACL, a labrum or a rotator cuff, that's a, that's a, there's a hard stop to your life after that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what you can do and what you want to do. So then you go into that mode of, I can't do anything. And then you, and because we experience. Yeah. And that's where sports work. medicine comes in. Like where you got, you know, like you can ride a bike or a stationary bike. Like you need to get your blood flowing. You need endorphins. Like, and so, yeah, stationary bike, walking, air squats, stuff like that. Um, on my three, two, one, go MD. I have, you know, if you have shoulder surgery, like what workouts you could do with a, from shoulder surgery. So um, yeah, it's, it's people like that. That's actually one of the most popular posts I have is one, one armed workouts after shoulder surgery, because <laughs> people are, people are, you know, fighting for, for some kind of endorphin or some kind of high. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're just stuck. I mean, that was again, what I had to see with Tracy kind of happened where it was just like, yeah. she's just stuck on the couch, you know, like we were moving, she was up and moving and we were, she was doing things, but it wasn't, you know, working out with us in the garage or any of those types of things. And then being taken out of her regular life, you know, being yeah. taken out of going to the hospital four days a week and seeing patients and seeing other people that weren't just me and the boys. Human interaction, right? Human interaction. Yeah. She, she, did the, she did the whole thing of the West Wing. She watched the West Wing all over again. Oh, right? <laughs> no, there, there, there are guys who come from an injury like there's some some guys like they're like six weeks into the injury and they're feeling better they're like 
please put me back to work. I need to go back to work. Like I need to get out of the house. <laughs> I need to do something. Yep. You're going back, you know, so it's, it's yeah. Social interaction, as we saw in COVID, you know, social interaction is pretty important. Yeah, definitely. I definitely saw that. And, and again, I was kind of like you, we were one of the fortunate folks that got to go to work. You know, we got to kind of continue going to get out, out of the house. Right. Yeah. And that was one of those things that I always said with that was like the human interaction of going to the firehouse, even though it was very different in the firehouse than it normally would be. It was still better than my neighbors that were like, I haven't, you're the only person I've seen. (laughs) Human, human. (laughs) And, And you don't think about that though, with surgery that you are losing, you know, even people that maybe don't like their job so much, you're still losing that interaction and it's not going to be easy for you mentally to get through that. Yeah, definitely. So, so with sports and, you know, we'll kind of get into your sport of choice in a little bit, but were you always a sports guy? Like growing up, were you? A sport yeah, sport? that was my identity. I was a big sports guy. I loved, loved playing. I have three brothers. We grew up next to four other boys in the family next to us. And it was just, you know, sun up to sundown, basketball, football, baseball, soccer, everything. Like we just did everything. Um, and then, yeah, in high school played, you know, uh, football, basketball, baseball, college played, uh, football and baseball. And then, uh, and then, then it ended, no. <laughs> but then I, then I kept then, it going. Then you realized it wasn't going into the NFL or into yeah, yeah, football, yeah. so time to do other things. Yes. Time to, time to do the other, other side of the brain. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's cool, though, because you have that background of being an athlete, you know, yeah. and of kind of understanding the athletic mindset and understanding, you know, the injury. Yeah, I got hurt. I got hurt a bunch. Yeah, back, broken bones, shoulder, you know, subluxation, knee stuff, meniscus. You know, I got I had it. And it's good. And, and unfortunately, it's it puts you in a position where you can see the other side. So when you see the other side, when you know what someone's going through, uh, when you know an athlete and how much they care about their sport and how much, you know, it it can be your identity. And if you take that identity away from somebody, um, you know, it's tough. And I, and I get it. And I think I do a pretty good job at, you know, when the high school kid or the college kid comes in and try to brace them and tell them, you know, this is temporary. This is, you know, this is not the end of your career your season or anything or your sports for the rest of your life like you're gonna have this and you just need to take a pause and we'll get back to it you know which again goes back to that helperness that you were looking to do in life anyway especially with a younger athlete because again just comparing it to my wife you know that's where her problem started was as a younger Mm -hmm. athlete she had knee surgeries wow acls mcls and an eventual replacement after you know stuff in college and now i'm not gonna say how long out she is for this you know time (laughs) for that but she was able to play throughout her entire college career oh that's great and i think those are the things that are also another important part of your job that a lot of people don't look at yeah no you know there's tears there's high school kids and they're crying and you know boys and girls both equally crying everybody's crying and it's you know you just have to and, you know, I see it and I just get it and I know what they're going through. And I, you know, I, 
and they're you know they're I know there's anger and they're, they're pissed they're pissed probably at me sometimes they're pissed at me and and I remember and I just say I know you're angry I know you're upset but you know we just got you gotta I'm trying to protect you I'm trying to help you I'm trying to do the right thing for you and you'll see it someday like like some of the games athletes the CrossFit games athletes these guys they get hurt and I'll tell them you know you really don't want to push through this like it's not a good idea. And there's a lot of pushback sometimes, and there's a lot of anger. And, but if push comes to shove, you know, they, they sort of get it. And they, you know, it's a tough, they push back, which is, I expect it. And I, you know, I'd be surprised if they said no. Like if they, if they just said, oh yeah, fine, I'll listen to whatever you say. Like, but I expect it, I expect the pushback. And, you know, but you just gotta, sports medicine is protect the athlete. You have to protect the patient. And, and sometimes, sometimes it's protecting it from themselves. Right. Exactly. You know, even with, them from themselves. Yeah. You look at new NFL protocols, you know, even with the tents on the sidelines, you know, they bring them into the tent now. So nobody sees what's happening there, but it's because mm -hmm. they're telling the athlete possibly some of the worst things they could be telling them in that tent. Right. Um, right. Or even just yesterday in, uh, in the Jets Buffalo game, they brought the ambulance out to the field again. Oh, I didn't see it. Oh, boy. Yeah. What happened? Uh, it was it was like a helmet to helmet type collision. It was kind of weird though because another player went down, and then okay. this player went down. Which oh, was weird! He was standing, and then he, he was fell standing, over. then went down. Yeah, like fell over. Kind of. It was very uh, kind of one of those scary moments that you see. Right, that's like down. a worse. Uh, yeah, um, oh, and wow. they brought the ambulance out on the field, and they took him off, and you could see he was kind of doing the like tingling yeah. hand type feeling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they said he didn't go to the hospital. Okay. Uh, they were able to okay. see him there. But again, that ambulance coming out on the field, that's protecting the players, you know, and yeah. in my mind, that's keeping them that, hey, this is serious. We need to really make this happen. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so so you had the sports career and you know, into being a doctor by this point. When did CrossFit come into your life? And in the same time it came into all of our lives, like when it just appeared out of nowhere. Yeah, when I was out of shape and looking to do something else, and Rhonda, my wife, was into it and got into it early with the Bergerons and CrossFit New England, and and she brought me to her first workout, and the first workout was a Thanksgiving Day workout. It was a it was a chipper, and it was like a forty minute workout, and I was like, the one workout I was hooked. It was just, you know, it was it was awesome. It was great. It was just. I was just getting sick of doing the same thing. And I love the variety. That's what, that's what I enjoy most about the variety that, and, and I would also play, I would play soccer and I would play pickup basketball, pick up soccer. And then I realized I was getting, you know, tackles, you know, people coming in slide tackling or pushing me under the hoop or, you know, shoving me or, you know, doing something under the hoop in a pickup game. And I was like, you know, I'm in control of my body here and I'm, no one else is pushing me or shoving me. And so, you know, as, as the arthritis kicked in and as my running started to get a little less and less, and I, I sort of still work out and lift weights and do CrossFit stuff. Yeah. It's one of those things when you hear people talk like, oh, you do, you do CrossFit. It's such the most dangerous thing ever. And I'm like, there's no way. Like when you watch pick up basketball games at the Y, like I've been to, you know, on at working EMS, I can't tell you how many adult men's league games oh, I yeah. do, or you know, adult league games to take care of someone, 
and uh, think I went to a CrossFit gym once. Granted, yeah. I don't do as much EMS once CrossFit got popular, right. but right. same type of theory. Yeah, no, the number the number of Achilles, the number of ACLs, the number of ankle fractures is exponentially higher in these other sports. And, you know, people, it, when people say it's dangerous, they, they just don't know what is possible. Like, it's, yeah. it's you just don't that have same. to go in and lift 300 pounds. Like, you can lift whatever you want. It's just that thing, you know, people always want to just, you know, they hear something and they run with it. I was just listening yeah. to, I listened to the podcast Smartless a lot and they had John McEnroe on and okay. he totally went off on pickleball. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like John McEnroe like a meltdown on the dangers of playing pickleball. I love it. He's like, love people it. are rolling their ankles, they're blowing out their yeah. shoulders, all That's this stupid sport. It's not that's even the, that's the new joke is like, oh, pickleball is more dangerous than CrossFit. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Who would have ever thought? But yeah, I was dying. Like once, like the second he started going off, I'm like, oh, I feel like someone's talking about CrossFit here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, we see a lot of pickleball, a lot of meniscus, knees, ligaments, uh, Achilles, ankle sprains. Yeah. I did, I did not think that uh this that we would divulge into pickleball being so dangerous. <laughs> it's, uh, it's funny too because in the fire service it became like a thing to play pickleball in the firehouse as in a, the house oh yeah because cool. there's enough room on the bay if, if depending right. on the firehouse you're in yeah. obviously yeah, 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 yeah. um and you know it's not exactly you know high intensity but it's something you could do in a small space and kind of have some fun and get competitive yeah. with so yeah outdoor, outdoor ping pong yeah, it's pretty much it. I don't understand it. My kids bought a set because they wanted to play, and they play sometimes outside. I'm like, yeah, oh, that's why. I'm totally out on pickleball. There, I said it. I said it on the podcast. <laughs> totally, totally controversial. <laughs> John McEnroe, listen, listen to the John McEnroe uh, Smartless episode where he just right. goes ballistic on it. It's classic. I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> but you know i think too one of the things and i think this is a lot uh for a lot of us at least that got into crossfit was just that like you said variety like looking yeah. for something different you know and and i love that constantly varied aspect of it yeah it's just and every day is a different workout like that's i used to sit on a bike and and you know curl barbells or curl dumbbells and sit on a bike like I just didn't know what else to, like the stations and the gyms were all, you know, you had to wait in line to do a, you know, the, the, the pecs and the yeah, benches yeah. and you had to wait in line to do like a set of, you know, quads. I'm like, this is stupid. Like there's gotta be something better. And, and with that too, while you were doing all those movements, you know, like as anybody, so if you're listening, Doc and I are actually doing the movements of being on a pec machine and things. If you're watching on YouTube, you're watching us. But when I, when I more got into CrossFit, actually, when I got into kettlebells before CrossFit, okay. I realized, though, that all those movements I was doing, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to be a bodybuilder. Like, I'm not yeah. going to stand up on stage in, in a mankini and flexing. So why yeah. am I doing these moves that these guys yeah. are doing when I should be doing something that's involving my full body way more? Yeah, no, I, it's fine. Like, I just growing up, I never thought about it. I never thought about using functional movements like yeah. that. Never. Just did what people told you or what you read in Flex magazine or, you know, what Arnold said he was doing that week. And I'm like, if it worked for Arnold, look at him. I can commando running with my shirt off like that. If I do these moves, like who who would have thunk it, right? 
I guess the most functional was aerobics. I did I did I used to do aerobics plus you know uh, plus weightlifting. So <laughs> that was the beginning of it. You were in, you were in there for it, and, and too just. I think the other thing too that that hooked me on it was just like you said the variety, but the fact that I can just use my own body weight in a great workout. I can use a sandbag. I can use yeah. a dumbbell. Um, I don't know. I feel like and, and you're a little older than me, so I'm, not, I'm gonna not make you're probably better off than I am. Fifty six. I'm not using a barbell that much anymore at forty five. I'm using uh-huh. dumbbells and more sandbags. It's just how yeah. I feel now. Who knows yeah. what's gonna happen in five years? Right. Yeah. No, I, uh, I've noticed that I've gone to a little more dumbbells than, than barbells. Um, and uh, like the other thing too, just the, the, you know, cardiovascular work from weightlifting, right? Like, like high rep weightlifting, like, which, which in the weightlifting world is a taboo, right? You know, you're not supposed to, you know, do 20 reps or 30 reps of a weight. 12 is a big number. 12 is a big number in weightlifting. Right? (laughs) And you do 20 or 30 reps, like that is some of the hardest breathing you will do as a human being. Yeah. It's wild. And, you know, just that concept of using weights as a cardiovascular exercise, crazy. It never gets better. Like I felt like when I was running, like when I was running, I got a little better. Like I was able to take some seconds off my mile and, and uh-huh. move forward and the running, I don't want to say the running got easier, but I wasn't as gassed as much. And I still feel like sometimes I'll go out and I'll look up. I'm like, oh, it's like, what, you're in like an 18 minute AMRAP and you're like, all right, this got to be almost over. And you look up and you've done four minutes of work. <laughs> You need to pace yourself better. Yeah. <laughs> As you get older, you pace yourself better. <laughs> I still haven't learned that you lesson. Stop, stop worrying the... about the leaderboard. The leaderboard goes or it should go away. Put it this no... way. <laughs> There's I'm in my garage by myself. There's no <laughs> leaderboard. <laughs> There's no lead. It's me. I'm the I write my time alone on the board. <laughs> Like, what's Pip doing? Where are Pip, where are Pip's guys? <laughs> Wait a minute, that's my inner voice. <laughs> yeah, it's it. It's my own self, like, Jesus you ever Christ. See, you ever see Eli Manning when he tried out as a, as a <laughs> first quarterback? Yeah, Which, yeah, yeah. Fast chat, fast chat. <laughs> but that's a big thing where I, I still love it. You know what I mean? That's what gets me kind of amped up is that, like, I'm working so hard. And I know it's better for me. And I know it's making me better mentally and physically. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. I think I that, sleep. <laughs> oh, the sleep. The sleep end has been great, but that's, I think the cold plunge is really what's helping me sleep the most. Oh, cool. All right. I'm going to try that. I've, I've been seeing a lot of people doing it. So maybe that's I should quite, try it. Quite popular out there from what cold, I though. I hate cold water. I hate it. I hate it. I will never go to Maine. Give me, give me Cape Cod or, or South. I will never go to Maine. No, the, the cold plunge has been has been good for recovery for sure. But you know, it's all these things that we do for ourselves that I don't think, you know, 30 years ago people were doing as much where you're not really yeah, taking definitely. care of they weren't taking care of themselves the way we're trying to now. Yeah. Flexibility, yoga, you know, meditation, you know, putting the time in for mental health, physical health. Sure. No way. <laughs> it was just go, go do 12 reps, three sets of 12 reps and, and then do your legs the next day. Right. 
go to the bar and do whatever you want to do after that. Like you'll be fine. Yeah. But I think that's a big part in that whole person type end of it, whether you're a CrossFit games athlete, you're just a CrossFitter or in any sport that you do or anything, you know, we're seeing that if you are taking care of yourself mentally and physically, you know, hopefully we're coming in to see you less. Is that what you're maybe seeing some of? Well, I would say there's definitely been an evolution of the CrossFit athlete um, in the uh, in the games and in the real world of, you know, um, people just understanding that they're not going to beat the 20 year olds or they're going to beat the CrossFit games athletes. And, and I think early on, there was a lot of heavy weights being thrown around. Um, and I think that's tempered, you know. Which again, it's just that evolution of what is going to be sustainable. You know, yeah, I think what that you can probably, do. Yeah. We probably saw too many people uh, trying to be like a CrossFit Games athlete, let's say, not realizing that that uh, that though they are professional athletes. You know, well, at, back at, then no one was right. So back then, know. Joe Joe Schmo from you know next CrossFit gym over, you know, could go to the regionals and could go to the games even maybe uh if they were good and so i think they were you know there were a lot of people out there thinking like maybe i'm a regional athlete maybe i'm a games athlete and then that has you know the funnel has definitely narrowed over the years i, I went to i was a regional athlete i went to the 2009 albany sectionals i was in i was in the you know i don't don't tell me you know what it took to get there like you just signed up. Like I was in, I was in the 2009 sectionals in Albany. Like all you had to do was sign up to make it. So, uh, and you were there, you were in there. Yeah, by 20, so, by 2015, when we were at the, uh, at regionals together, that was not the yeah. case anymore. No, yeah. you know, that, I didn't have a pull-up. I didn't have a pull-up. I was, I was, I came in last and I didn't have a pull-up. I got beaten by an 18 year old who had one, you know, had pull-ups and I didn't have a pull-up. That's why I came in last. <laughs> so well you I can know. always say you were a crossfit games regional athlete and no one can take that away from you sectional it was sectional sectional. <laughs> <laughs> no one will ever take that away they probably people, shouldn't they should take that away <laughs> i was gonna say now people will be like what's a sectional <laughs> yeah yeah what yeah. was that but you, you know you see this evolution and i mean i think it's a great thing for just being different you know what I mean? Like having a different sport, the sport of fitness and, mm -hmm. you know, what they're doing for it. They're still out there promoting it and they're still trying to evolve like this year. You know, yeah. I don't know how many different places you're going to be at for games these, this year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. We, we're, getting the, we're getting the schedule. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a couple of different things, but even what you see with, you know, with master's athletes who are now some of the athletes, you know, master's athlete now could have won the CrossFit Games five years ago or so, and now they're in the Masters category. Right. right. Uh, then you have the totally different end of it is the, the teen spectrum. Oh, yeah. Or is a lot like high school sports at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, taken off. The teen, the teen comps have, have taken off, yeah. Do you see with the teens, do you see them um, – still playing the traditional sports like a basketball, football, baseball kid, but they're doing CrossFit for their conditioning and they're able to kind of take that to another level. Um, you talk about the teens at the games. Yeah. 
teams at the games are, I don't think they're doing other sports, you know, which is unfortunate, yeah. right? Um, I, you know, there's definitely guys who are using CrossFit for their off season, uh, which I think is great, um, you know, but, um, you know, regular teen athletes who are playing a couple of sports and they're using CrossFit in the off season, I think that's great. But um, yeah, I think most of the teens at the games, I haven't seen who are doing other sports and they may be, I just haven't, the good thing is I haven't seen them. You know, they haven't come to positive, yeah. They haven't come to the clinic, which is good. So, um, you know, I haven't had a chance to interact with a lot of them. Well, they should definitely look at their history because there was that softball throw many moons ago in the CrossFit games that some people were not very successful with. So that's right. That's right. I was, we were out at, uh, we were, we were in Madison. It was for the, uh, the bike, um, the bike race, uh, this year in Madison was on the hills and, it was the uh, like the trek or like a cycle cross, cycle cross. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cycle, yeah, yeah. and uh, and we we're on the warm up area. It was over like near a near like a community rec center, and I saw like a soccer net, and uh, and I was just saying like this would be great, like penalty kicks, like <laughs> penalty kicks would be a great a great uh, you know because we have the American softball throws, so you know yeah. maybe go a little European penalty kicks or something. Penalty kicks, I could do free throws. That'd be a good one. You gotta hit You're defending throws. against like two is defending against three as the goalie. Two is the goalie for three, and three is the goalie for four. Like that'd be cool. <laughs> if someone from CrossFit's listening to this, you may have just given them a crazy idea. To <laughs> it's kind of like crossing, like taking like wipeout and putting into the CrossFit in a way. We're gonna do yeah. some yeah. soccer here. <laughs> it's one of those things too when you're testing the fittest, you know they are truly testing their fitness level no. but then you have that end of being a, a footballer or a soccer player yeah. athleticism to score the penalty kick you know to hit the goal mm-hmm. when you need to when the pressure counts i think that's more of even the harder part of hitting the goal is when the pressure that's put on them sure coordination agility those are two right accuracy Yep. That's those hours of practice. You know, I think that separates my my sons play lacrosse and their coach is like, every day you need to have your stick in your hand for 15 minutes. (laughs) Every night before bed, I'm like, so who held their lacrosse stick today? No, literally like, boy, it's not what coach said. Nobody held their lacrosse stick today. Like, but I do see, I do see that as being a thing where, you know, that's what's separating, you know, and an athlete from a professional athlete let's say is that that dedication to the craft oh yeah no yeah the the focus the laser focus the just the time the amount of time put in um and it's funny too to hear pat bellner talk about he is now you know volume training less and you know i think i think some of the early on i think you just think you just got to keep training train as much as you can yeah but i think i think sometimes now like people are seeing that you know picking your battles and and training less volume sometimes is better because you're you know as uh you know your muscles aren't as banged up or you know the the soreness and the muscle soreness isn't as bad and they don't your body doesn't necessarily need that constant insult right. over and over again right. it's actually right. not going to make you better taking that active rest day yeah. uh, or a rest day even yeah yeah and i see that i see i would say i was 
like at the games, about 10% of people come to the games banged up. Like yeah. once they find they are making it to the games, they go hard and they go over, they overdo it. And I'd say it's about 10% of the, the athletes come in with something going on because they just went too hard. Um, which which setting you up to fail like which is unfortunate because they had the whole season and then they found they're going to the games and then they ramp it up another level and yeah so it's unfortunate and it's definitely one of those things that like we use a saying in the fire service like you can't train too hard for a job that can kill you (laughs) and you know there's a little bit of there's you can look at it have a whole bunch of different ways in there right but yeah. you can overtrain yourself for anything and yeah. always have yeah. to keep that kind of kind of in perspective. And it's yeah. the same as being able to, you know, one of the fortunate things in, in most fire departments is you can work out while you're on duty because we are mm-hmm. there for 24, 48, 72 hours at a time. Yeah. Um, that's allowed, but you have to remember that while you're working out, you're still at work and you may yep. be called upon to do the hardest workout of your life, which is a, a fire. Interesting. Interesting. Right. So, you, so, right. To go that hard is interesting. I never thought about that. Yeah. You, you I mean, I constantly counsel. There are people that do it all yeah. over the place that go totally into the red line. You know, I was yeah. a counsel like that's not the place like, uh, like Murph is not a fire, an on duty workout type. That's of not a, right. Right. You don't yeah. want to be, you want to get your blood flowing, you want to get moving, you want to get active, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. That bell may drop and you have to go. Right. I never thought about that. Interesting. Yeah. And that too could rate into causing kind of like you're saying, going into the CrossFit games being banged up already. You know, if you're already kind of amped up a little bit through your workout or sore did something now you have a greater chance of hurting yourself actually on the fire scene and becoming a liability there yeah yeah no it's um but i think i think what would you say like the tone is is the tone changing for firefighters as far as being physically fit and a hundred percent right way more of an importance than when i started yeah yeah, that's come to the forefront. That's good. That's because good. again, we're we're looking at the job in a, in a health and wellness. And you know, we were talking a little bit before uh, before we started recording, and mm-hmm. just that overall health and wellness because mm-hmm. of the carcinogens we're exposed to, because yeah. of the sleep deprivation. I yeah. mean, I've said this so many times on this podcast. People that listen are probably tired of hearing it, but if you would have told me. 15 years ago that I was sleep deprived, I'd be like, screw yourself, man. I'm not sleep deprived. And that, that was mm-hmm. my sleep deprivation talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you, uh, do you know James Gearing? Yep. Yeah. 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 He's been yeah, on the yeah. show and I've been on his show. And yep. Yeah. Yeah. He talks about it a lot. He talks yeah. about it a lot. Um, you know, the, the schedule too is, is something that James really focuses yeah. on is that yeah. schedule for sleep deprivation. No, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, it's and, and and like medicine too, and residents and surgery. Like no one, no one can function well thirty six hours into a shift. Like it's yeah. just impossible. Like we've proven that, but still, it, it happens sometimes. And uh, yeah, and and you'll have but people it, say too, like, oh, well, you you worked, you know, you didn't you didn't go on any calls last night, or you only went on one call last night and only lasted ten minutes. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're right. But that other, you know, six or eight hours I was in bed, it wasn't like I was in my own bed asleep. I was on edge, ready to go type of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same yeah. as a resident, someone in residency, you know, they're on edge yeah. the whole time. And then, yeah, sometimes you come back from uh, the emergency room or come back from a, a, a fire and you can't go to sleep. Yeah. Like, like you saw something horrible and you're sitting there and it's two hours later and you're still awake. Like it's you different. Don't even, you don't even need to see something horrible anymore because when you come back at night now, you have your phone that you could just look at. Oh, oh, please, on. Put like, that away. Put away. <laughs> I don't look, I don't look at my phone at night aside from no. getting call information. I don't look at emails. I don't, because I will not go back to bed at all. Yeah. No, it's, it's, that's proven. That's definitely been proven. Yeah. And you could probably, I mean, obviously in, in your time of residency, it wasn't a thing, but now I'm sure yeah. residents yeah. are doing the same thing. If they're on a, on an on-call schedule, they're just, oh, let me scroll a little bit. And the next thing you know, yeah. two hours later, you missed that uh, chance. We had, we had the beeper. We had the damn beeper. Oh, so loud. So loud. <laughs> <laughs> but then there were you... times where you didn't hear it. You had a beeper and you didn't hear it. You you slept through this earth shattering beep and it was like how could you do that it was you know were you in the call room with other people though so like someone else's beeper would be going off and you'd be like no usually some usually no thank god that would be horrible <laughs> usually it's an isolated call room yeah it's gotcha. a, yeah that would be oh that would have been miserable <laughs> That's yeah. one of the hard things, again, you know, in, at least the way my department works is if another company goes out, we hear them on the radio. Uh, our alarm goes off, our lights go on. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it, but oh. It's just like you were saying, evolutions with medicine, you know, now in newer firehouses, there's ways to set, uh, set your room so it's only your company that gets toned out or depending on the department you're in. But okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. And yeah, and I think like we're now having meetings and I think as I'm getting older, I'm like, my tolerance for this is like going down. Like I'm now I'm being vocal. You usually, you know, before I was the 30 year old and you can do whatever you can stay up all night and operate all night. Like now as I'm getting older, I'm like, these things need to change. Like, like I, I got a 3 a.m. phone call from the emergency room about a consult didn't need to be operated on, but they were being admitted. At 4 a.m., the floor calls me to tell me that this person is on the floor and there's a consult. At 5 a.m., my answering service calls to see if I got the consult. And I'm like, all of this times, is not needed. Yeah, it's bad. And and I literally I brought it up to administration. I'm like, this I'm not dealing with this anymore. Like we're changing this. Like we are changing it. This is serious. We have so, the technology to not wake me up three times in a night to tell me nothing I needed to know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's funny because I say this and here I am complaining. Like my life is horrible. My wife takes call. You know, she has call once a week and uh, yep. one weekend a month. And so I'm like, some nights, like it's like the firehouse in my own bed, except the lights don't turn on when the phones ring in. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, and she'll be like, "You didn't even wake up." I'm like, "No, I heard you. I heard you <laughs> on the phone." <laughs> uh, 
I know. And now I'm like, I'm trying to be nice to my wife. So I'll get out of bed and go to the bathroom and talk. And I'm talking in the bathroom. Like, they're like, I can't hear you. I'm like, I know you can't hear me. It's freaking 3 a.m. And I'm trying not to yell. And you're telling me about nothing I need to know about. <laughs> Do I need to come in right now? No, but I'm, yeah. we don't need to talk right now. But no, those changes too, in in just you know this evolution of you saying you know being an an older guy, like I'm an older guy in the fire department. Let's try to make this better for the next folks, you know, because we've learned that these may not be the best way to do it. Or for my next ten years, like you know, I might be Don't know when I'm gonna. If I keep getting calls, I'm retiring earlier. <laughs> I'm allegedly getting a new firehouse, so maybe the lights won't turn on, you know, every time there's a call in my last five years, but I highly doubt I'm going to see that. So you may have a better chance of not getting calls than uh, me getting out of the, the lights turning on. Um, but even that, just changing the bulbs, you know, trying to use a more light sensitive bulb than being like, oh, the sun is on at 3 a.m. Um, because now they found that it helps if... Uh, both the volume of your dispatch and the lights gradually going on. It's a okay. much nicer way to wake up than just. Oh, yeah. The, the yeah, no, when the, beep, when the beeper went off, I was like, oh, my God, I'm having a heart attack. Like, like the cortisol, I could feel the cortisol in my body. Like, I could feel my heart pumping. Oh. Oh, and, I was, and I was 28. I was 28. And I was like, you got to come to work with me one night for the, the lights blasting on and someone oh. screaming. And then they just say something like a water leak. Oh, God. <laughs> and you're like, really? It's 3 a.m. You could have just said that so much softer. We have to, we, can we just get a pump over there and <laughs> not call us? <laughs> you know, pump till 5 a.m. You couldn't have waited till 5 a.m. for the water leak. Oh, five a.m. You want to you on a on a call like that? You want to say wait till eight a.m. when the next oh. shift comes in. Wait till yeah. why don't you call after eight when the next shift comes yeah. in? Yeah. <laughs> well, look, one of the things that we really didn't even get to so much here was you know, what are some of your tips to avoid seeing? You know, for the for the guys and girls listening out there that are in mm. career in any career really, but you know, to yeah. avoid seeing a, a search and like a. In like in in any career, really, um, you know, say it is a physical career. Um, I think I think what is way underplayed is flexibility, like the ability to yeah. you know, just be mobile and not rip your hammy if you're stretching or falling off a step or you know tearing a meniscus because your leg doesn't go that far because your hamstrings are so tight. Like just you know, maybe twice a week, just dedicated stretching and movement. Um, you know, I think that's underplayed. I think the biggest, you know, some of the biggest things I see are, you know, from people who are exercising too much, like they're, you know, they're addicted to exercise and they, they overdo it. So I, I see a lot of that. But, you know, from a, from a labor point of view, your back, back is just number one, yeah. like protecting your back, like do not bend over and lift somebody with a bent back like do not lift anybody that way like you have to protect your back because that's the number one of all of all conditions as a human being is low back pain and back issues um you know shoulders and knees you know being careful in a squat not twisting or turning when you're in a deep squat 
you know, keeping your back straight, keeping your, you know, your, you know, and that's, you know, functional movement, like how to, how to pick something up, how to do a deadlift, protect your back, protect your knee, protect your ankles. Um, and, and I think just if something looks too heavy and is too heavy, like getting help, if you can get help, like at all costs, like don't be, don't be that guy that, or person that's gonna, you know, try to overdo it, like get help or assistance or mechanical assistance or whatever, you know, hydraulics or whatever the hell it is. Like, don't just say, I'm gonna, you know, lift this up and, you know, that it all it takes is one lift to screw up your rotator cuff. And, uh, and you, we know about rotator cuffs and, you know, sometimes they, the surgeries go great and sometimes people don't heal well from a rotator cuff. And so it's to protect your rotator cuff, you know, from a orthopedic sports medicine person is really important. I've never really thought about protecting my rotator cuff as much as I, I think about protecting my back. I can tell you that much. Right. right. You know, when I, when I teach classes to, to firefighters and EMTs about, you know, health, wellness, fitness, and all this. And I'm like, look, one of the cool things about doing CrossFit style workouts is, you know, you are doing 200 air squats over a 30 minute time period. And each one of those you're under duress and you need to kind of pull yourself together to make sure you're doing the movement appropriately. It's mm -hmm. the same as being on a scene, you know, at mm -hmm. 3 a.m. I want to pick up a, a hydraulic cutter. I'm not always thinking, oh, let me squat down and use my, yeah, yeah. Do you just I'm just going to bend over and pick it. Right? Yeah, exactly. Force a twist, twist and try to pull it toward you. Right. But having that like recall of, practicing it in a workout, you know, heavy deadlifts right. in the middle of a workout. I really right. have to think about like bracing and bending appropriately. Yeah. Same as picking a person up at 3 a.m. Yeah. from a fire or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Or, you know, onto a stretcher, like adjusting the height or getting your body in the right position. Like just because, you know, if something's non-emergency and take the time to get your body in the right position, like, so you're not bending over a table and you know, like, like when we move somebody from the operating room table, like some nurses, this, they'll put, they'll leave the stretcher railings up and they'll try oh. to somebody with the stretcher railings up. And I like, I go, look, I'm like, how long I say, like, how long do you want to have your career for? Like put the railings down, tell everybody to wait, move your body close, pull with your shoulders and your back, you know, like don't reach. Like, it's just, you know, taking the time, like we're taking care of people, but like, you got to take care of yourself. Like you can't, 100%. you can't put yourself in a bad position. If something's non-emergency and it's not life or death, you know, you can't put yourself in an awkward position just because somebody else is in a rush or whatever the hell. I've seen yeah. so many people in the in-hospital environment reach to pull person over instead of, then I've also seen the smarter people like, uh, um, Let's say, uh, you know, I am short in stature, but a smaller size nurse climb up on the bed yeah, yeah, yeah. And, heal yeah. and bring that person towards them, which is such yeah. a safer way to lift, you know, right. to, to save your back. Because I know in nursing, yeah. back is probably the, the yeah. biggest injury. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's just one of those things. Like if you can, whatever you can do to keep yourself safe, you know, take mm -hmm. that extra couple seconds to protect from seeing you you know i think yeah. that's probably going to be the best advice you can give to anybody absolutely and starting yeah. out in your career as a younger person you know you 
you can definitely do a little bit more than the older folks come. As, as you get to be older, you start to realize like, can't do it that way. No, but you get away. You get away with a lot as a 20 and 30 year old, more than the 50 year olds. Yeah. For sure. I'm holding the railing going down the stairs at 3 a.m. now because I'm that right. guy. <laughs> oh, geez, yeah. When I started, I was sliding the pole and running down the stairs. And now I'm, I'm pulling the railing and walking down the stairs very yeah, carefully. That's funny. <laughs> it, it's amazing, too, things that you wouldn't even think about. Like, for me, too, being shorter, you know, my right shoulder was killing me. I'm sorry, no, my left shoulder was killing me a few years ago. Mm -hmm. I realized that's how I pulled myself into the rig. Oh right! So I put my foot on the step on the step and then oh, the pull up. and pull right. myself up and was like, "Dude, this is bad." And uh -huh. you know, lots of mobility work and and having yeah. someone work on me for a while really yeah. kind of cleared that up. And me paying more attention to how I get into the the apparatus now. Oh, cool! How do you get up now? Uh, so I switch. <laughs> well, okay. so recently, uh, yeah, so I've recently been riding on the Chiefs car because my chief. Uh -huh. Had rotator cuff surgery. Had rotator okay. cuff surgery coincidentally, and has been out for the past six months. Uh -huh. um, so I've been riding on the car and not having to worry about it. I go back on Thursday. I'm going back oh. to to the ladder. Oh, cool. So so I probably uh -huh. have like a good six months of I can use the same arm until it starts to hurt again. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. But it's all the added gear. You know, it's it's oh, yeah. gear, the air pack, the helmet, everything, extra weight. Um, sure. The same thing about working out with a, a weight vest on, you know, it's, it's yeah. just another way you can compare it to work. Yeah. So awesome, Doc. Well, listen, I've kept you for about an hour here. Like and that's yeah, sure. the magic time. And it's been a great conversation. I've had a, a lot of fun just chatting oh, back with you here. It's been too long for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me, buddy. But before you leave, I got to get you for the size up 10 because I, I yeah, know yeah, some of these yeah. answers. It's supposed to be quick and like, you know, 10 quick questions, but they never yeah. quick. So I'm going right. to right. see what you got for me. You ready? Yeah. All right, man. Here we go. Beach right. or mountains? Oh, beach. Beach, no matter what. I like Definitely. Night, out. Definitely. Night, night out or night in? Oh, I'm a, I like to go out. I like to get, so we're, we're, uh, the kids have moved out for college. So we're like, we don't go grocery shopping anymore. <laughs> we're like, where are we going tonight? <laughs> do, do, do you know all the servers and bartenders at your local place? Yeah. Like they we're know getting you. There. We're getting there. <laughs> good for you. Good for you. A good book or a good movie? Ooh, I go with, I guess. I, I don't know, tough one. I go book. I like a good book. Yeah. Nice. Cross country road trip. Who is your celebrity co pilot? Wow. Celebrity co pilot. Uh, who would I like to talk to? <laughs> Living? No, anybody. Living dead. Anybody. Anybody. Oh, anybody. Out. Yeah, sure. Wow. We're not that official here, so you could pretty much. Wow. 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 I would. I would love to have talked to uh, some of those World War II guys. Some of the like. Oh, like a Dick Winters from uh, Band of Brothers. Well, like that, or like, uh, like, like, literally, like what was going on, like FDR or Winston oh, okay. Churchill, or just okay. you know, oh, Churchill's a good one. 
like Eisenhower, D-Day. Like I love, I love that stuff. It's just, yeah, just hearing about that stuff. That'd be All great. Right. I like it. I like it. We just added a new category because now it can be celebrity living or dead co-pilot. This question keeps getting longer because it wasn't celebrity in the beginning and everybody's like my spouse. Right. And I'm like, this answers. It's a waste of a question because I would have to say my spouse. And then I had her on the podcast and she didn't say me. So. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I love it. Uh, do you make your bed every day? Oh, God, no. <laughs> My wife goes, how are you a surgeon? I, I don't understand. She goes, she goes I, go, I, I go, honey, I turn it on. Like, I'm not always on. Like, I turn it on. Like, it doesn't. It only happens after I wash my hands and hold them in the air. Like, that's yeah. everything else. I'm not doing that. Oh, that's funny. A million dollars right now that I don't have, or yeah. you go back to 18 years old with a redo. With a redo? Yeah, like, so you can redo, you can redo whatever you want. Yeah. I'll take, or a, you million. take a million dollars now. I'll take a million. I'll take a million. I like it. That seems to be the, the popular answer for that one. Is it? All right. That's, yeah. Highways or back roads? Ooh, back roads. Nice. A bucket list place to visit. Mm. Um, Australia is up there. Nice. Want to do that? I'm hoping to go in the next year. Hope. Cool. Cool. No. Oh, this is a good one for you. Right. Football or football? <laughs> Soccer. No. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what you want to call it, you could call it that. <laughs> yeah, I, I like football. Regular American pigskin American football. American football, yeah. American football. All right. Last one. The best advice you could give to your younger self. Oh wow. Uh, wow. Um, I was pretty hard on myself, I think. Um, just to go easier on myself, I think. Yeah. Nice. I like it. That, yeah. that challenge of and I think too, at times we can all be hard on ourselves. And it's really yeah. hard to look back and be like, man, maybe I shouldn't have been that hard that time all right like the grind the push the you know even though it got you where you are today you've... right right that's the yeah <laughs> the hard one yeah, yeah. it's a conundrum <laughs> so doc where can everybody find you because you did mention the 321 go md yeah um i'm in boston i'm uh, i got an instagram 321 go md i got a uh, orthopedics new england is our website or our practice um so you can if you want to request an appointment there you could dm me on 321 go md i got a new youtube receptionist. <laughs> i got a new youtube channel where i uh i send send uh, videos to people after to uh for their rehab because i know when i talk to them just from going through surgery that they have no idea what the <laughs> f i just said to them and so we have it on YouTube because no one, we also know no one reads instructions anymore. True. So I send them the YouTube video and I just had my knee scoped. So I was sitting at home. I'm like, I'm going to have like post up instructions on YouTube. So I made a YouTube channel called Sean Rocket MD. Nice. <laughs> I will have, uh, I will have my sons check that out because they basically have learned everything in life from youtube at this point <laughs> i've done nothing to teach them anything it's all youtube videos but yeah i've specialized mostly in shoulders and knees and sports and joint replacements too and so 
happy to see anybody if they're in the Boston area. Awesome, Doc. Well, listen, I do appreciate your time. This has been a great hour, and I'm, I'm just we're gonna have to do it again sometime. We're gonna have to no, get love it. together and make something happen. Sure. Thank you, buddy. Awesome, man. Well, listen, thanks to everybody again for listening. As always, thanks to our sponsors. And as I say each and every week, this is Pip from the Size Up by National Fire Radio, because what you do off the job matters. National Fire Radio.